How many years will it take our producer, Mac, to graduate with a computer science degree? And my full review of VR at Sundance. All that and more. Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 411. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Welcome to Tech 411. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and this is show number 151. Thanks for tuning in. 2016, baby. We're back. Another year, another show, and we're, we're roughly, let's say, three weeks into the year, right? And yeah, we've yeah. got a program. I think that's a good start. I think that's a good start. <laughs> Wait, we haven't recorded one in January yet? Did we do one in yeah, January? Yeah, you guys did Briefly. one. Uh, two weeks ago. I feel like Todd went oh, to uh, Sundays. Oh, that's right. You mm-hmm. know what? It's different because Mac's actually here. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. Yeah, <laughs> been that long. Uh, Mac, by the way, when he's not going to class, he's not coming in and working on the program, but today it's a special treat. Uh, Todd, as I told you earlier, uh, I'll tell you on the show, we found out last week on a very special Michael Mara show that Mac, last semester when he was going to class, he was actually going and hanging out in the parking lot of a grocery store. And, and he, yep. so he, he'd been lying to his parents for an entire semester, and they found out this well, year. I told them this Well, year. you had to because you had to re-register and have them pay for yeah. it. Yes. I'm Pretty confused. Good. Back up. Yes. So he says he's going to class, and he just goes to a grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yes. So uh, this is on In the heels. Uh, remember how last – okay, again, just for context, Mac is our new producer. And yes. pr- I use producer very lightly, but he is our new producer on Tech 411. <laughs> yes. And last week, we were all set to record on a Sunday. And out of, I want to say, an hour before showtime, I get a 911 text from Mac. It says, I can't make it. I have a family emergency. So I didn't ask out of you know respect to you. And we just came in and did a program. And Todd actually asked, he's like, is everything okay? And I said, I think it is. He would, maybe he would have told me. Matt comes in the following week, and I briefly mentioned that he had not come into the show. He called out on a Sunday, and I said, is everything okay? He goes, yeah, everything's okay. It's really on me, nothing personal. And then he he just decided to just spill his guts. He said, okay, this is actually what happened. So on that Sunday where he was supposed to be producing the show, before he right. left, he had to divulge to his parents that he was not going to Nova in the fall semester. He was actually going and hanging out in the grocery store parking lot around the corner from his house. He would leave his house with his backpack, his sweatshirt, <laughs> his orange sweatshirt, and then roll and then use the Wi-Fi at the grocery store. Exactly. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, no. This is this is who's producing our show. Yeah. It, do, God, do you do you lie to us like you lie to your parents? Uh I did about school a couple times. I, I <laughs> Yeah. I lied um, to everyone. It's, what? Yeah. I don't know what to say. You seem like the honest kid that doesn't drink. I don't get this. It's just an impulse I have. I find it easier, so much easier to just lie about something than to try and explain it. But now in 2016, you try and turn over a new leaf, yeah. right? And that was the major thing that happened on that Sunday yes. was... I came out to them, and I was pretty much having yeah. That sounded. He came out to them. I I I, I, realized <laughs> after, I was realized what I was saying as I was saying it, but it's all I, I twenty sixteen man. I anything told, goes. I told them the truth. You need to come out of the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty much having a panic attack yeah. that day, so I mean, I was not fit to do anything. No, and it's fine. It's better that you know you're, you're back in school, right? Yes, technically. Yes. Have you started your new semester? No. My first class starts next week. Which is, again, what? It's a uh, physics class. Physics class. All and right. And I'm taking three other classes sporadically throughout the semester, eight-week classes. Got it. Got it. 
So, uh, yeah, he'll be back in school this semester, Todd. But I just wanted to clarify because I thought you should know and our listeners should know why Mac wasn't here two weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad it wasn't like, you know, a death in the family, which is <laughs> no. kind of what I thought it was <laughs> when Oscar was telling me about it. But uh, what would you, you would just hang out at a grocery store? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was a Whole Foods parking lot. Right around the corner. At the Whole Foods. What do you do there? I would I would just sit I would be in the parking lot on my iPhone, sometimes listening to podcasts, sometimes just watching YouTube videos. Show. Watching vid- yeah, I watch producing the show from the parking lot. <laughs> no, I would do all that at home. Live from the Whole Foods parking lot. It's Tech Four One One. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much just doing that and watching videos, Hulu and stuff, using the Whole Foods Wi Fi. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, and it killed me to tell the truth, but I mean, I, I finally did last week, and I am starting anew, and everything's moving forward. Okay, uh, well, good to know. I'm glad we cleared that up. Todd, you're 100 percent on board now. You're caught up. <laughs> yeah, this is the inner so, workings of the so show. This is the year that uh, Mac will no longer tell lies. Is that what we're hearing? I guess we can say, yeah, this is yes. 2016. I guess, though. That's loose. It gives him a little wiggle room. Wiggle <laughs> <Yeah>. room. <laughs> so, uh, Todd, it's nice to see your face again. I should have been. Uh, I should have seen your face. Uh, I would say it was going to be Monday night of this week. Right. Uh, you got a chance to go to the Sundance Film Festival. You left last Thursday. Uh, lucky you. You got to miss the blizzard. Um, I did. When you got home, was it at all? You have a garage. You didn't have to probably deal, right? No, as far as snow is concerned, I completely missed out on it. I mean, I had to do a little bit of shoveling, but nothing like you guys, you know, had to do. It was an absolute disaster. Um, So much so that by the time we uh, got a chance to get out of town, Shannon and I completely bailed on the trip because it had been canceled a few times because we were supposed to leave a Sunday. But then it just was, it was too much. It was too much. It was delayed and it was just too much. And then the next day, and we talked about this on the Michael Mara show. Uh, we see pictures of you and Robert Redford, Robert Redford, and I said, I said, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> the one time I decide not to be selfish and go on a trip across the country and do what I want. The next day, my friend Tomo, and I was happy for you. I was really happy for you. But as you saw in my text, FML came right across the text back to you, um, mm-hmm. where you were going to these exhibits that we had planned to go together as the Tech 401 crew with, with our ladies, and... Yes. You met Robert Redford, and this is not like a shot in the wild like last year at Sundance when you were there, right. where you took a, like kind of a incognito shot of him from afar. You had a conversation with the icon. I did, and you were one of the first people I texted the photo. <laughs> I, I don't know if you caught on to this, but I was trying to make you feel horrible yeah. for your decision of not coming out there. So it anytime I brushed elbows with a celebrity, I would always take a photo yeah. and I would send it to you and hope you would be immensely jealous. You know my kryptonite, Todd. <laughs> every time they came in, every time they came in, I, and, I, and I, whoever was around me, I said, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. I should be there instead of being here with you. Look at this. And I took photos. You know, we had Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, men at work. <laughs> Uh, Young guns. I don't know, if you know Michael Shannon, but he was just he was there. Army Hammer, yes, and of course Robert Redford. I ran into. Um, he actually cut in line uh, when we were waiting for this really cool VR uh, experience, and so there was a crew with Robert Redford bouncing around. It's called the New Frontier, and it's a it's a it's basically turned into this kind of like 
mecca of VR and it's really, really cool exhibits that you get to experience. And this is one of the better exhibits there uh, that uh, we were waiting in line for. And the guy who was in line is like, yeah, we may have to w- we have to hold one second. There might be someone coming here to get in line. And we're like, we see all the cameras and and the mic booms and everything. And so <laughs> he makes it over and he goes in first uh, ahead of us. And does this, it's like a 10-minute experience, and uh, we'll get into it, but it really kind of changed my perspective on what VR uh, can be and what it ultimately will be to the general consumer. If you don't mind, and I'm, I'm happy you took a, a quick pause there, um, because I just for, for perspective on the program here, I was generally excited about VR. Uh, we talked about it briefly on the last program, where we said we try to go see Oculus Rift at CES, they told us to kick rocks, and then... The times I've been able to experience that 300, 360 VR with either a Samsung phone and the goggles or um, the cardboard you've talked about from Google, uh, it hasn't been as fulfilling as we had thought it was going to be. Um, but in full disclosure, we never had a real chance to look at the real deal, high-end professional VR uh, goggles. And this was was this your real first opportunity to sit down with this type of uh, presentation? Yeah, this was um, like last year. It was more of put the headset on and you're watching a 360 degree movie. Mm -hmm. And that's neat. I mean, you can experience that with Google Cardboard. Um, The two manufacturers that were kind of prominent here at the New Frontier were the Oculus Rift and then um, the the Vive, uh, which HTC makes. And so most of the vendors there uh, were using either one or the other. So we ended up, you had to wait in line and we got in and right away I ran up to the third floor because I knew this is where the good stuff was last year. And so we got up there and signed up for this. uh, It was an exhibit called Real Virtuality Immersive Explorers. Worst name ever. But this was like no joke. We signed up and they said, okay, come back in five hours and we'll let you try this out. Wow. And that's that's the one where I met uh, Redford. He went in in front of me and then How long was the line? Was it just a by appointment only? Did I miss that? Yeah, they basically would text you. You'd sign up and then they'd say, okay, it's going to be about five hours and they text you. And we were down at a restaurant, you know, having drinks and then we got the text and we ran over there. Okay, Um, cool. And... <clears throat> this thing is so amazing. So the 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 you basically are in an empty room mm-hmm. that has all these motion tracking cameras. Okay. And so you put on the headset, and it was actually like a turtle pack. It was like this giant battery, I guess, on your back. But you have the headset, uh, like like a traditional VR. But they also use motion tracking. So you see an array of like sixteen cameras and three hundred sixty degrees in this empty room. They put these those little balls, you know, on your hands and feet. So that's what they're tracking. Uh, much like you've seen uh, when they have a behind-the-scenes look at uh, video games so where they have, like, the motion tracking without, throughout your body, yeah. right? Okay. Or the filming of Avatar. Okay, yes. Yeah. So you're in this thing. And it was cool because it was they, – they took it to the next level because – you, it was a couple's experience. So you and a friend can go and participate in this thing and you see each other as avatars. Oh and my it's, God. It's, it's mind blowing wow. because you, so this is, this is, this is, I guess the, 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 what I needed in order to fully appreciate VR, being able to see your hands, uh, number one in the experience that changes everything. 
Um, and I did an earlier thing we'll talk about next. Yeah. But just that was my first like, oh, my God, this VR. That I aha see it. moment. When you see your own hands, not just you're sitting back watching a movie. When you get to see your hands as an astronaut or something else. In like the space. In the so space. When, in the space. Wow. And so it was, it was kind of mind-blowing because I not only got to see my hands, but my feet were being tracked as well. So you're fully engaged in this experience. And, and it was kind of like this futuristic scene. We're on a raft floating in the future, like 2,000 years from now. And you're able to walk around this thing. You're able to see, look in any single angle. And you see your friend with you. Uh, in my case, Marissa joined me. Yeah. And so we were working as a team uh, in this. And, and it turned into like this dungeon where we had to walk down a spiral staircase and they tell you, they warn you, they go, um, now be careful. Don't like lean up against walls or anything because they don't exist in the real world. Yeah. But you know, some of the things did exist, which made it even more real. For example, there was a torch that I had to grab and this was a, this was a physical torch in the real world. Yeah. And so I would grab it like a baton and I would hold it up and it got the angle and everything perfect because it's tracking my hand position. Oh, wow. And we needed to use this torch to see. It emanated enough light that we could walk this stone spiral staircase going down. And so I had to lead the way because I'm the one with the torch. I'm holding it. Wow. And we're going down. We're going in a circle. And then Marissa, like, leans up against the wall, uh -huh. uh, the stone wall. Yeah. <laughs> Falls completely over. Oh no! <laughs> and, so, and from my perspective, it was kind of funny because she just disappeared. <laughs> in the wall. Yeah, you're and like, I, like, you like, started laughing, but uh, they they had you know personnel that were trying to like making sure people who uh, wouldn't fall yes. because this happens a lot. Yes, uh, but they didn't catch her. She actually fell. That's over. tough. Yeah, because I imagine <laughs> if you if you get, I guess it's a testament to the quality of immersion because you're so immersed. That you're like, yeah. oh, well, let me let me just lean, right? Yeah, and usually you feel like, oh, it's just, I have a headset, and but physically I'm sitting in a chair. Uh, but this time you're just completely absorbed by this experience, wow. and you're really the physical world really kind of goes away, and you're left with this really virtual experience that uh, is just it's like the physical world, and it's like being on the holodeck, and yeah. that's what this is. And then after I got done with that, I was like, wow, I could see people creating their own holodecks in their house, like put up the stop motion, invite people over for this kind of experience once it gets cheaper. Yes. Uh, but I was blown away by that. Now I'm all on, like I'm on board VR. That experience convinced me. So uh, just what I'm hearing here is that the current experience, even with these higher end, you know, $1,500 rigs, um, that's available to the general consumer is simply just we're just scratching the surface of what this can be and will be yeah it, it's you know it's i can't imagine how much it, it would cost to do this kind of rig um but you know especially because it, it, it seems like it requires a lot of power and that's why we we all you kind of look like a turtle because you have this huge yeah. backpack on and that's how you experience it how heavy and, what's that how heavy was the pack you know what i didn't really notice it too okay. bad and I know some uh, another listener was asking how heavy the HTC or the the Oculus was, and I, to be honest, I didn't really notice I was wearing a helmet or any of that. That just kind of went away, and 
you you end up just like grinning ear to ear because you're <laughs> you just been teleported to a whole nother place. That and sounds it blows, awesome. It blew my mind. It really did blow my mind. And and the key to the whole thing was being able to see your own body in in the experience. Be able to put your hands in front of you and you see. Uh, that you are a part of this. And that, that was the thing that changed everything. And before I did that experience, um, there was another exhibit called The Martian, and you got to be Matt Damon on Mars and do a few of these other, you know. Similar immersion? It, it was a sitting down experience. Okay. Um, but this, you got to see your hands. They gave you, the, I don't know what, what they're called, but each hand, it wasn't like a power glove or anything, yes. but you had these items in your hands and they had triggers. So you could see your hands. They, they responded to the tilt. Like one of the times I looked up, you know, I looked at my, um, I guess the sleeve of the astronaut suit. Yes. And I could eat the display. Um, so it tracked your, your arms and your hands. Perfect. Oh, wow. And it had triggers on each one. So when you pulled them, your hand would close. And so I'm in, you know, I'm able to reach and grab things. And the first experience was uh, we're in the Mars rover thing that he used to go to the ship. So you, you had to look down, grab the joystick, push it forward. And there was all these knobs. And I started clicking them on and off. And like disco music would go on and on. And <laughs> it was like it was kind of the real thing. And so finally I drove, I hit, I hit a few boulders on the way, I had to back up, but I got it over to the ship. And then the next part of the thing was in the ship where you get to do the Iron Man. I had to grab a screwdriver, puncture my suit and then fly oh, up. Oh, wow. I got to relive that, that movie experience, uh, which was, which really was amazing. Uh, the coolest experience of the whole thing is once your rocket took off and you're in space, yeah. all these bolts and things started floating around you. And you were able to reach out and grab them oh, and, I, and then toss them back and it would hit other things and those things would bounce. And so everything like physics wise was like spot on and it just became really believable. Mac? I have a question because um, I know there's a problem with some VRs of the lower end ones is the latency of like you turn your head and then a couple milliseconds later you actually, the screen or the, the virtual reality turns, how much of an yeah. issue of that did you experience? You know, in the, in the, the Mark Watney or what, is that his name? Um, in, in the Martian? I, I think so. Right. <laughs> nice that, pull. Jeez. That, when you like it, that, that whole thing had some lag issues, um, that would quickly get, you know, fixed. And then one time they had to reboot the whole system. So obviously this is early on stuff. Yeah, prototypes. Um, I would say that the, my, I, I think they, they, we've got the physics down. We've got, um, like the, the hand units I used were just spot on and I couldn't believe it. It changed everything, the whole experience. But the one thing I, that still needs improvement is the visual aspect. I feel like sometimes you feel like it's kind of out of focus or blurry or, you know, that I think there's still a lot of room for improvement when it comes to the, you know, the heads up display. Interesting. Uh, I wanted to just two quick questions and then um, we can move on. But this is just fascinating for the Mark. Let's call it the Mark Watney experience, the Martian experience and um, the full immersion where you're walking around is the helmet. 
is that using a similar, uh, is it just a screen? Is it a mobile device inside a helmet? What type of... Uh, that was, o- was Oculus. Okay. So they were Oculus. both using the Oculus. So uh, both of them were using the Oculus. Yeah, yeah. And But a lot of the other, you know, displays were using the HTC Vive, which has been getting great reviews. So it, to me, it seems like it's a race between Vive and, and Oculus. Uh, I, th- we have to just stay on this topic quickly. Um, just yesterday, the news broke that, uh, and I just read the article. I'm not sure why we didn't bring it up in the pre-show, 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 pre-show meeting. Uh, but Apple is apparently working on their own VR uh, headset. And, and if it's a space race, o- Oculus Rift and Facebook are ahead of, um, ahead of, they're ahead of the pack. But the fact that Apple's already working on a quote-unquote top-secret one, that should mm-hmm. be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It didn't surprise me when I read that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's Apple going to do next? Uh, the, the smartphone, you know, ecosystem is pretty saturated at this point. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any major innovation. So they're looking at self-driving cars. They're looking at VR, um, and I think they have to. I think I don't think we're there yet. Uh, in terms of like a consumer VR mm-hmm. model, because you need a high-end PC, you need, you know, you need really high-end equipment. A lot of power. Yeah, you do to push it. So, uh, but you know, it, at some point within the next, hopefully, five years, we're going to see some amazing consumer devices. All right. Speaking of uh, devices, <clears throat> let's go back to the future. As DeLorean announced that, or. If you're into DeLoreans, um, yeah, who is a, a, yeah, a court <laughs> ruled that you can still get them. Uh, apparently, they were still uh, servicing these, Todd. I wasn't aware, and I didn't know. I thought the only way you could get a DeLorean is through some collector. Uh, right. if, if you're a Back to the Future aficionado, maybe you wanted to get one that was on the set. I know they go up on the auction block uh, throughout the year. Exchange hands. Collectors love them. Um, yeah. I've only seen one DeLorean in real life in my in my entire life, and it was on the road, and it wasn't a Back to the Future uh, modified one. <laughs> I didn't know that it's possible to still get one. Well, uh, not yet. So the DeLorean car, um, or I didn't even know they were still in business, but apparently they work on people's DeLoreans, and so uh, they are still in business, but there's a... Um, there in, in December, there was a new addition to the Motor Vehicle Safety Acts, which mm-hmm. will allow low volume manufacturers like DeLorean, uh, who build less than 5,000 cars a year, to sell 325 replica new ones. So, yes. now the company will be able to create a replica of the exact car. Um, uh, they're hoping, and nothing's been finalized yet, we should say, but uh, that is interesting that. People who want to have that car usually would have to buy. You'd have to buy one from the '80s and repair it. Yes. Right? And so this is this is opening up uh, a new way to hopefully in 2017 be able to have DeLorean release a car that is almost identical. Now we're not, you know, very p- few people want to have an AM/FM cassette player. They got to update they, it. They got to update, update the, the yeah. inside. Yes. Dash. So that I think that appeals to people. A hundred thousand dollars, if you adjust for inflation, the original price in nineteen eighty one was thirty six thousand uh, dollars. I've heard that you can get a refurbished one, different uh, reports for fifty k, a new one for a hundred thousand dollars. Still, uh, at least for me, those price points are pretty high. Uh, I'm uh, a Marty McFly fan, but I, I don't <laughs> know if I'm going uh, that deep in my pockets, even if I had it to uh, get a DeLorean. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish they would come out with like a new version of the car yes. that's a little more up to date, um, but still have you know the doors that what do they call the gullwing? 
The Goldie Doors, yeah. Who doesn't love that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, look at the Model X, right? Uh, yeah. They're not necessarily Goldwing, but what does he call them? What is it? Falcon Doors. Falcon Doors. Uh, Elon yeah. Musk. I just thought it was fun. It's fun to see. Uh, it, 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 I hate, I feel like a, a car rube uh, or like a, a gear rube when I'm like, oh, that's got to be from Back to the Future every time I see these cars. But mm -hmm. I am. And unless it's got the the fake modification on the back and you got a flex capacitor in the front somewhere, I don't know if I'm paying that much money if I had it. No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, hopefully one of our friends will buy one. And we get <laughs> Tim Belcher, please just get one. <laughs> We're talking about you, pal. Yes, get on it. So speaking of fun, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the game called Go, the Chinese game of Go, but big news out of Google they finally have created an AI which has beat the world champion at Go, the grandmaster uh, at Go. And the, the, the computer is called AlphaGo. And a, this is a big deal because um, Go is one of the more difficult games because of the infinite number of total possibilities. Mm -hmm. So it's a very difficult uh, challenge for uh, someone in the computer sciences to build an algorithm that can actually beat a human. Yes. Um, so this was kind of a big deal, and I know it's a big deal because everyone's talking about it, and even Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg came out and said, well, we're working on our own algorithm too, and we're almost there. So apparently this is kind of the, the litmus test for uh, artificial intelligence Whoa. and how well your algorithm is. So Google... Um, through their deep mind company is um, well on their way. Did you see, speaking of Google, briefly, how much Android, the, I guess, licensing rights for Android, uh, Google's making in the billions of dollars annually from Android. It's surreal. Uh, the licensing, and, and I don't have the number in front of me, just want, it's a, a quick si sidebar. Uh, apparently, uh, Google's being sued, shocker, and they had to divulge how many billions of dollars they were making on Android. And mm -hmm. it just blew my mind. Like something you well, don't see on a financial statement ever because they don't have to divulge that, right? Yeah, I haven't heard of it. Pretty this. wild. And if you really. It's licensing? Yeah. So, and. Because it's open source. I don't understand that. Yeah. So, I'll pull it up here as we go. And I thought Microsoft made all the money because they have all the patents that apparently. Android uses. So I thought Microsoft made all the money. Yeah, and I'm going to pull this up as, as but I, as far as Android, and you can lay out there, how many versions of Android are, are there right now currently? There's well, so many different versions. versions. Yeah, well, they're on major versions. They're on version six, Marshmallow. Yes, but there's so many different devices, different manufacturers, I guess that's the best way to put it, that use Android. Well, yeah, of course. And, and all yeah. of them have different iterations. So I guess this is fresh off a case study they did in school last year where you just saw how much Google was just everywhere, whether it's your Android device or your Samsung device and how much they had to share and the different iterations of Android that Samsung has their own. They're almost co they're competing against each other, but they're also competing against the manufacturers that have their own, uh, I guess, um, bloatware, as you would say, Todd. Well, have you found this article? I'm pulling it's it up. Still, I don't quite understand how Google would make money off of Android, uh, given that it's open source. Me Oracle just revealed how much money Google makes from Android, and thanks to a lawyer, uh, we all know that Google has made $31 billion in revenue and $22 billion in profit from Android's operating system. According to Bloomberg, a lawyer uh, for Oracle disclosed the numbers, which Google says were confident that this shouldn't be revealed publicly during court last week. The ongoing lawsuit between the companies, Google asked the judge to redact and seal the transcript and Google's attorneys disclosing information from documents that Google says were for only attorneys' eyes. 
Um, so I guess what Oracle's lawsuit was, that they filed in 2010, accuses Google of using modified versions of Java, which is owned by Oracle, to develop Android yes. without compensation. Okay. So the idea... That's all true. Yeah, the idea that they're making... 31 billion in revenue or has made 31 billion in revenue and 22 billion in profit from Yeah, but that's just I'm guessing that's through display of ads on that operating system which isn't which doesn't mean they made that much money off Android they're making that much money off of showing ads right it doesn't say in the could article it, could it include the uh, Android store and apps like that I mean it obviously would but hmm. I, I guess my logic is that's a huge profit margin. Yes. $31 billion in revenue with $22 billion in profit from its Android operating system. Yeah. Wow. I, I just I heard it on Bloomberg West, and I briefly read about it, and I said, I didn't even know they were making money off Android because I thought it was free. It is free, and it's open source. So, yeah, again, how would they make money? The Play Store, right, purchases, in-app purchases, and I think they probably make most of the money off of advertising, but this article doesn't. Doesn't break it down like that. Yeah. Those dollars are huge, though, for software. Right? Uh, yeah, that has to include advertising. I would say advertising is the bulk of it because nobody on Android buys anything. <laughs> From my experience. <laughs> no, no, no. You said that a long time ago to me, and then I realized it was true. It is true. It is true. Certainly, certainly but true I, wild. Again, my company makes most of its money off advertising. Because just like Google, that's, I think, where they make all their money is search and advertising and people clicking on ads. And that, that is a lot of ads that uh, would be $31 billion worth. Wow. So pretty cool. Pretty wild. Thanks for, right? uh, I, I did not read that article. So no, no worries. Telling. Absolutely. Um, okay. So they're making money uh, and they're really the foundation of any type of program is the programmer. And Mac brought up to us uh, in the pre-show, 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 pre-show meeting again. He said, uh, hey, guys, apparently the way that uh, our, the future of, of America is being educated is changing. And we we're like, well, what are you talking about? We thought it was a lame story. But I, what I didn't know, and I knew that I don't think when I was in high school, at least my high school, didn't offer computer science. And I know that it, they offered it for your uh, school, Todd, when you were in high school and Mac, mm -hmm. but nothing K through eight. And... Right. Which is actually shocking that this is finally happening now because I thought they would have done that by now. Well, it isn't happening. Let's see. The article says uh, President Barack Obama has called for more than $4 billion in funding for states, $100 million specifically for districts in order to make sure K through 12, not just high school, but K through 12 has access to a computer science curriculum. Um, and he, he's calling the initiative computer science for all initiative. And I, you know what? I, I think that's a great idea. I think this is computer science is one of the most important things that, uh, you, sh you should know in some capacity, whether you're not going to maybe be a programmer, but just knowing how to use technology going forward is so crucial for everyone that's, uh, in K through 12 right now. And, uh, for, for me, I, I had computer science one, two, and three in high school. Of course, I, I got a computer science major in college. But yeah, that K through seven or eight, you know, didn't have much of anything. I think we had a, uh, we had like a special program where we all went and got to play with a computer once, but that, that's not education. You right? learned at home early. 
Yeah, I learned at home. I was fortunate. Uh, parents bought a TRS-80, the old trash 80. So I was learning how to write video games by, by age 10, I think. So, you know, I think it's important to be exposed even before that. Mac, the classes you did go to, what did you have offered? Pretty much they were all <laughs> typing. Everything was typing. Yeah. And just how to uh, write essays and everything on Word, Excel, PowerPoint, how to use that. Did you have your physical computer lab? Because I know now yes. most, most classes have, you know, they give, either give laptops out to all their students or... We had a physical computer lab uh, by third grade. Okay. So and typing K through eight, and then in high school you had computer science? Yes, in high school we had computer science. There was uh, computer science one, two, and AP computer science. So I, I did go through that in high school, but K through eight, it, there was absolutely nothing that I can think of beyond typing. Is there, there's got, I think there is a, cl- a little, these pop-up schools now. For, if, look, if I was a parent and I had, uh, let's say, a, a son or a daughter that was uh, my nephew Luca's age, ten, let's say 10 years old, I would love, I, I, I think that they... They not, wouldn't necessarily want to go, maybe. Maybe they would. But I would love to put them in some sort of after-school program if they weren't offering uh, that in school, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's really the future. It's a future. Yeah. Like you, especially as we, we grow into this world of we're always being connected. Even as an entrepreneur, Todd, we've, you know, we've talked about this dozens of times. How many times have you taught yourself a program or even how to build a website, right? Yeah, I think it's one of one of the best skills to know coming out of college right now. There's just so many jobs, yeah. and and I don't see that ever slowing down. Um, so I think it's important to get some general knowledge of of how does a computer work, and you know what what created this. Well, in in the '70s when you know the PC was coming out, and uh, we call it the general purpose computer, right? For the first time, because be, let's rewind to the '60s, it, we didn't have a general purpose computer. Mm-hmm. We had specific computers and they were hardwired and they would do one thing, right? Big as your fridge. And then when we finally came out with the, the PC, people were going, wow, this thing can do anything. Yeah. This is a piece of hardware where you can just write a computer program and tell it to do anything. And that changed everything, right? Because now you, you didn't have to hire uh, a mechanical or electrical engineer to build some super expensive thing, you could just get this generic piece of hardware and write code. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what launched computer science degree. And that's why it's in full force today. You're going to see there's more jobs to actually program a computer than there are to design and build, uh, you know, Intel's next chip. There's always going to be more jobs for for programmers. Definitely. And and how I see it is, I mean, currently in schools you have physics. Yes. You have chemistry, biology, you have history. Some people will use that later in life. Some won't. Computer Some people science, will go to it's class. The same thing. Yeah. Thanks, Oscar. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Until you break down a full semester, my friend, and actually go through it, I got to give you. I got to uh, break break your balls That's about okay. it. But you went. You're technically a computer science major in yes, school. Yes, I am a computer science major. <laughs> in the parking lot, it's on the internet, people. <laughs> How many years do you have left? Uh, one. One year. Yeah. So once, okay, is that really one year? One year at Nova. Okay. I, so no, but really, to get your to go. So you got one year, and then you're gonna go to a four-year school, right? Correct. So really, three years. Yeah. Okay, but that's the answer you give. Okay. That's I think when someone's I'm, asking, you're, 
I'm not. Uh, I and by the way, and I'm rooting for you. Remember, yes, I'm on your I team. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and three I years. I hear Whole Foods has a new four-year program. <laughs> <laughs> at least he picked a quality grocery store to go hang out at. Yeah. Did they ever threaten to uh, tow you while you're in the car? No. I mean, I would only be there. Not. I mean, I'd be there about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, just a you know full credit hour. Yeah, I mean there were so many cars going, coming, and going. I don't think anyone noticed. There's this uh, kid in a Yugo living in his car every morning outside the parking lot. <laughs> Orange sweatshirt. He's back. <laughs> Stealing that Wi-Fi. Uh-oh. Did you ever try to mix it up? I mean, Starbucks would be a good hangout too. I did. Get a, I went, you'd actually go in, get warm. No, I mean I could. Keep warm in my car anyways, but I, I would typically stay out in the car. I, I wouldn't go in. <laughs> Was it because, well, A, you're, you're clearly, we've talked about this, you're not necessarily, uh, you're very introverted, right? Yeah. So was it just safer in the car or you didn't want to be spotted by your family members? Well, I could recline in the seat. <laughs> he had to be comfortable, Todd. It wasn't enough. He wasn't going to class. He had to be comfortable. Yeah, what a jerk. I had a pillow on my back seat. Oh, no. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just poor, keep, keep telling us more. Yeah. <laughs> poor parents. Jeez. All right. Uh, look, uh, wrapping it up, let's get to apps of the week. Uh, who would like to go first? I have a, a fun one. I actually worked on it yesterday and uh, set it all up. Uh, but, Todd, what do you have for us? Well, uh, my app of the week is a game, and I bought it yesterday for my Xbox One. And I, I really kind of got drawn back into tower defense games. And one oh. of my favorites on the iPhone was called Geo Defense. I've talked about it before. So I and, th- and that's only for your your smartphone. And I was like, what does Xbox have that is a good tower defense game? And so I went on last night and I searched just for tower defense and one game came back. I'm actually kind of shocked that there's no more than one tower. Well, maybe there was two. Mm-hmm. But this one uh, had the most stars and looked uh, graphically the best, so I bought it. It's called Defense Grid 2. Okay. And they had the first version was for the Xbox 360. This one was for the Xbox One. And as they say, it's the next evolution in, in tower defense. And I was, I was actually kind of blown away. I, I was expecting it to be... Um, not as good as oh, looks some of the ones I've played. I just put up graphics. Damn. I'm still playing. I woke up today and I fired it up and I was like, oh man, I got to do this podcast. So <laughs> I'm going to go right back to it after the podcast. It's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> if you're into Tower, well, I woke up kind of late. Okay. Uh, so, no worries. Uh, that is it, great. <laughs> it has all the great elements of a tower defense game, different tower types, upgrades, uh, the graphics are beautiful, and so you can if you're download. in the tower defense, uh, definitely check it out. But what's the cost download? $15. Not bad. Not bad for an Xbox uh, or Xbox One game. Jeez, that's actually great. Uh, but right. it has storyline, too. So it's one of the first, not that I really need that. Yeah. Uh, I'm more interested in playing like the different levels and the different layouts, but uh, uh, it has a, a decent story that goes along to it, so the production value is pretty high. Mm, very cool. Uh, well, thank you. Tower defense again. Get it on your Xbox One. Uh, mine involves uh, actually hardware and software. Is it Slage? Slage, S-C-H-A-G-E, S-C-H-L-A-G-E, Slage, um, makes uh, a wireless lock. And you know that the, this home connected, these smart homes are coming the, the biggest thing in the world. 
these days. Uh, my old keypad lock that I had and installed, I think, four years ago into um, my home finally died, right? I, uh-huh. I tried to uh, take it apart and fix it. I didn't fix it. I even I broke it a little more, the original one. <laughs> and uh, I forgot what a, how convenient not using a key was and how awesome it was. And so we had to go to the old um, you know, hardware store and make copies of the keys for this lock. And I said, enough is enough. I'm going on Amazon and I'm buying a new lock. I actually bought two separate locks because I wasn't sure which one was going to be better for the door. I ended up going with a slage, uh, and I get I get nothing for it. I paid full price. There's nothing coming my way. But I got to tell you, as far as an installation and a keypad lock, it's awesome. And to boot, plus, there's a plus and negative here, that you can connect it to your home. So I could say, Todd, you had to pick something up or a Mac from uh, my place, and you wanted to go over. I could get on Wi-Fi, log in, and okay. unlock the, key, the, key, the keypad for you if I didn't want to give you my keypad lock. And I can also program different uh codes into my door and change them right from the app <laughs> right i can't believe we both bought the same lock got- i got this lock oh. for christmas really and i just uh like a week ago a week and a half ago installed it on my door we're on the same so, page uh, we, we have the same system i have the iphone app i have different codes other people can use <laughs> And, we uh, have not talked about this. No, we haven't talked at all. I have that exact same system, and I love it. I, you know what I love about it is that when you walk out the door, you just push a button. Yes. Keyless, completely keyless. It's just awesome. My last lock, I would have to lock the door with the key. Yes. There wasn't a way to do it. So now that I close the door, I push a button, it locks. It's awesome. You can unlock it with the iPhone app yeah. that it comes with. And then you just type in like, you know, a five, six digit code did and, you ha- and it opens up. Did you have to get the media bridge? Because that's what I wasn't expecting. Um, I haven't plugged it into home automation. Yet. OK, OK. That's the thing. So if you want so it standalone, I can use the app. I yes. can use the keypad. Yeah. And if, if you want to get it into integrate into your system, uh, let's say how Todd has the Philips uh, lights. Right. Um, and. You have a fully automated system. If you you can get a media bridge for like fifty bucks, but this is the killer. After you buy that media bridge, and I think this is where they get you. This is where they have you by the cojones, right? Uh, is that you have to pay ten bucks? Is the only downside ten bucks a month in order to have it attached to your your home kit? If you, uh, yeah, that's really? the burn. So mm-hmm. I don't mind just doing it the way I use it now from the app, but I yeah. think the ten dollars is a little hefty a month just to have the convenience for having it uh, fully integrated into your home. Yeah, I think that's a bit much. Downside. How much I pay, you know, for the drop cams. Yeah. That I use, you know, that's understandable. For, full video, right? Full yeah, sound. And yeah. You can, you can go back seven days and review the video. So yeah. they're actually, you're paying for storage. You're paying for that processing. Uh, that's a little steep for just a lock. I probably would not do that. Yeah. Um, I have look. I haven't. I I just in general. I, I did a little more digging after. I was like, all right, let's see what this baby can do. But what are you paying for just to be able to check it when you're out of your home? Yes. The, and then the full uh, who's coming to your home, who's come out, who's used, what codes have been used, and and it's just I don't know why they would charge a monthly. That doesn't make any sense. That's the downside. Yeah. Um, but again, I haven't taken that leap yet. But uh, in general, the lock itself, standalone lock, is has mm-hmm. been a ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't even use my iPhone really. I guess you know if I'm 
up on the third floor and I'm going to bed and I go, hey, I wonder if I lock the door. That's a, a good use of the app yes. to be able to check that status, whether because the app will tell you it's locked or unlocked and yeah. you can actually lock it remotely. Pain uh, points, though, not necessarily worth the ten dollars a month. No, <laughs> you just walk downstairs and look. That's it. <laughs> right? That's, I mean, that's yeah. what kind of you do. Well, no, you can do that with inside the house on yeah. your Wi-Fi yes. network, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can actually check the status, or is it Bluetooth? I uh, it's it, you have to get it. It's not Bluetooth. It's integrated your network. From what I read and the videos I saw online on YouTube. Um, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I if I connected it, via it, Bluetooth it it's uh. It, but there are different options, and I guess really the highlight of it wasn't just the app, but I, but there's so many different options to choose from. There's a quick set uh, deadbolt that people are giving 50-50 reviews on these days. Uh, there's one from there's there's a there's just like I want to say there's a probably an array of five different types of smart home keyless locks that they offer. Mm -hmm. uh, I like this one simply because of the keyboard, the actual keyboard um, new number keypad set that they have in front because yeah. you can have the best of both worlds. You can either have a code or you can actually have a key or B, you can let someone in remotely or C. Yeah. I'm, it, let me tell you, my keychain has so many keys on it, especially now that I have multiple offices yeah. and that in my office space and everyone has its own key. It's like, I want to get rid of keys. Um, and this is definitely a step in the right direction. And it's nice. You'd be able to walk out of your house, not even worry about having keys, be able to come back, punch in your pen right and the door opens up so it's definitely an awesome system uh everyone should check it out Fairly and, I th and i believe they sell them at the apple store too oh cool yeah i think you're right i think that's where i initially saw it absolutely um all right well that, that sounds great it's funny that we got the same uh <laughs> yeah the same hardware software. Yep. <laughs> um mac uh what is your app of the week my app of the week this week is uh called Prune. actually i'm oh, sorry man wow. it looks like we're over time the tony perkins show is coming in if you don't mind uh thank you so okay. much mac uh i'm gonna give a quick plug uh to uh all the free app company apps right now we have updated on android and we continue iterating uh if you're out there look at your app uh you've got a new update waiting for you if it hasn't auto updated especially on android right there todd what do you got quickly before we get out of here we don't have time for mac uh, just follow me on Twitter at Todd Moore, and that's it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is the sound. This is Tech 411. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.